The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here. Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling and more. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network and hosts Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, and club spotlights. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. Episode 15 of the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th Inch Sports Network. I'm Price Atkinson, and he is the godfather of Joe Calabrese. We are back for another edition as we are slowly but surely, we inch, inch, inch a little bit closer, Joseph, to the 2019 U.S. Curling Nationals in Kalamazoo. The field is set. We're going to talk about that, going to get into all the teams that have qualified, including one of our guests, our feature guest actually this week, who is Sam Strauss, 18-year-old skip of the junior team, Team Strauss. They are a hometown product from about two and a half hours away from Kalamazoo, Michigan. We'll talk with Sam Strauss coming up in the next segment. You won't want to miss that. What an opportunity in his first ever U.S. Nationals to be able to skip a team 18 years old in his home state. So we got that for you. Plus, we got the segment you can't refuse with the godfather himself, James Hansvall from the St. Croix Curling Club, which is east of the uh, Twin Cities there in Minneapolis. But the godfather himself, Joe, is back. And Joe, got a lot to talk about this week, my friend. How are you? I'm pretty good. I've just finally got done digging ourselves out of the snow that we got last weekend uh <laughs> it's uh it was quite the uh the snowfall amount but uh got a chance to watch a lot of curling last weekend and so that was a lot of fun wasn't too bad was it a, i mean you have, what a foot and a half is something you guys are used to i'm just hoping we don't get a foot and a half while we're in the zoo coming up in what what two weeks yeah i'd like uh, some clear roads as we take the uh the old penske truck down the road uh down to Kalamazoo. That's right. You guys got to be careful. Yeah, we got a bunch to get into. Uh, we're going to talk uh, some of the about the 2019 Nationals field here in this first segment. Also about the Junior National Championships that have come and gone. Uh, winners crowned there. But most recently, Joe, let's get out of the gate. Continental Cup, speaking of come and gone, they have left Las Vegas. The Continental Cup that baby goes to Team World as Team North America comes up short, what, for the first time in six years. And I'll tell you right now, I uh, you know, I took a little bit of a heat uh, for crapping on the Continental Cup last week, and I don't think I, I crapped on it really you know, too bad is it is it not being my cup of tea. But some people, I, I heard a couple people, they, they sent me a couple notes saying, you know, why do you want to trash it? I said, well, I wouldn't exactly term it that way. Uh, I just said it's just not all-star events, whether it's the NBA All-Star Game, the NHL, the Pro Bowl, which is this weekend in Orlando where I'm headed to. That is, uh, there's those things just are not my cup of tea. They're for the fans. They're for the players. I get that. That being said, uh, Team World, they get out to a big lead. And I, from what I understand, I didn't even know who won until about Tuesday of this week. 
that uh, Team North America made a little bit of a comeback, Joe, and, and made it, I think, somewhat close at the end. Yeah, let, well, let me back up just a little okay. bit. There are a couple things that, that after watching the event in full, right. I, I liked about the uh, the Continental Cup. The scramble was really interesting in my eyes. It put teams together that um, never would play together ever again, most likely. And, you know, people like uh, the the Anderson, uh, Sarah Anderson's, uh, gets to play with uh, Brad Gushu, yep. uh, gets to play with Jennifer Jones. I mean, th- those are dream pairings and, and i gotta believe sarah was just uh over the moon about that kind of thing sure um and i think it leads to more interesting ends because you don't know how your teammates necessarily release stones and yep. so there's a little bit more gassing as a as a skip um and so i do think that um as a game it was much more interesting to me to kind of watch those those things happen but yes you're right on sunday uh, Team North America started to make a comeback, and it actually took to the eighth end of the final draw for a winner to be determined. And um, Eve Head, I think, is the one who uh, delivered the, the the kill shot, so to speak, and and that's what uh, propelled Team World to the victory. Wow, well, what a uh, what a way that it went down. I you know, as I told you earlier, I saw I think I saw one end of the entire event, and that was on Thursday, the very first uh, end of the mixed doubles, and. You know, when I saw Kevin Cooey, I, I don't know if he was hammer drunk. I don't know if he was severely hungover. I don't know what the deal was. I just know that he was messed up and was not himself and was shaking. Like I saw people on Twitter talking about, is he okay? Is there a neuro- neurological problem that's going on that we don't know about? I, I just, I saw enough that I needed to know watching a six-hander go down. I said, you know what? I just cannot get into this, and that's why I didn't see any. I didn't see any on Sunday, and the reason why I had no idea what was going on Sunday is because I did something I hadn't done all season long, and that was watch actually more than probably two series of an NFL football game. I watched. I <laughs> Those watched, are good ones. I watch, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk maybe the best day of NFL playoff. I, you have to go through the annals of history. But when you get both conference championship games that went to overtime that we got on Sunday, I, I saw pretty much the final three quarters in overtime of the Saints and Rams. And then obviously I, the game I was waiting for, at least me personally, was was the Chiefs and the Patriots. Thank goodness I was pulling so hard for Brady. You talk about a crazy game. But I, watching those two games, the way they unfolded, I, I my sports vacuum was sucked up on uh, on Sunday. I had nothing else. I know we weren't going to talk football necessarily this episode no, we'll do uh, all, all the way through, but really quickly, uh, 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 Roby Coleman uh, used to play for the Bills, and man, that was one of the worst officiated calls I've ever seen. Uh, he he practically tackled the guy then hit you know, with his head. Like I mean, it was just horrible, and um, that that was pass interference all day long, and and the Saints probably deserved that game. Uh, but yeah, as it turns out, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. Pass interference, uh, you go helmet to helmet targeting yeah. too, if you want. I mean, yeah. there were multiple fouls on the play. But yeah, that's that's something we'll talk about just a little bit later. But uh, something we we'll want to talk about right now is, man, how about congratulations, Andrew Stopera, his rank. They three-peat, Joe. They win the 2019 U.S. Junior Nationals. Uh, they are on their way to the World Juniors after they won it uh, in. Uh, 
uh, Two Harbors, Minnesota. Uh, they get a win over Nick Steinhouse, 6-3 to three in the final to punch their ticket to the world. Uh, this team, you just can't say enough. I mean, they are going to be players. Uh, they are going to be on the podium. I, have a, I, I can say that confidently. It's just a matter of what color that medal is going to be, and I darn sure think they've got a real shot. Maybe you could even put them as the favorite for gold. Yeah, you would hope. Uh, you would hope so. I mean, three-time junior national title winners, Team Stopper, and you know that team with Luke Violet and Ben uh, Richardson and the Fensons. I mean, yep. that's going to be pretty formidable when it comes to Worlds. Yeah, it. Um, you know, it's a team that's interesting. I was talking to Pete, Pete Fenson for a little while uh, on our drive up to a North Battleford a couple weeks ago for the Slam and. You know, it's just interesting about that team because Andrew Stopera is going to uh, graduate out of juniors here, and he's good. He's he's really the lone one, uh, you know, b- besides Violet, uh, Ben Richardson, and Graham Fenson, who they're going to age out together the following year. So Andrew's going to have basically, you know, kind of one year in the program, you know, while the rest of his team, who he's curled with, it seems like forever, and just had an immense su- amount of success the whole time they've been together. You know that they're, uh, the, you know, the high-performance program is likely going to want to reunite them uh, sooner than later as soon as they all get up and age out of juniors. But, you know, it, it is a good problem to have, but it's going to be an interesting problem to watch moving forward. But moving forward is what Stopair and them are doing, going to the World Championship in Nova Scotia. But then also, uh, team, uh, you get it, is it Duberstein? Duberstein? I, I get it wrong every single time. All I, know, I always say Duberstein, but I, I don't know. Duberstein. They, they basically they go straight to the final after the round robin. But Kate Flannery and her rank, they uh, come through the page game and win the 2-3 game, and then they go off and then they beat Team Duberstein uh, in the final to uh, to punch their ticket to the World Championship with a 6-5 to win, getting one in the last end uh, to win it. Uh, what a game. Congratulations to Team Flannery. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, you know, gives uh, a spot to the bronze medalists for U.S. Nationals. That would be uh, Team Traxler uh, from Alaska. Um, pretty exciting for them as well as they're going to be moving on. They get their bronze medal in the juniors, and then they're going to get a chance to move on to, to the big show. Yeah, so let's get into the big show, Joe. The field is set for the 2018 U.S. Curling Nationals, Kalamazoo, Michigan, February 9th through the 16th, of course, the 12th in Sports Network. We will be there live on the scene. We will be streaming all the games, round robin from sunup to sundown, and then some as we will bring you podcasts in some shape or form. Uh, they will not be done every day like we did at the Olympic trials. I don't know how our voices would be able to, to be able to do that every single day after being on air you know, all day long, Joe, but we'll, we'll worry about that later. What we're going to worry about now is just what – I'm excited about this field, Joe. you got eight teams on the women's side. You've got ten teams on the men's side. I don't know why I'm as excited as I am about it. Well, because it is USA Curling Nationals, and we get to do this for a full week together, and it's like uh, you know, kind of like a family reunion for all of us. But I just like the depth of the fields on both sides. You know, while some might say, "Well, there's an easy out," I I don't see as like like real easy outs this year. Like maybe in the past where you've, you've got a round-robin game and you say, "Up, oh, chalk that up a win." We might be able to get this done in four or five ends. I really like the depth of the field on both sides, Joe. Yeah, I'm looking at all the teams, and I would say on the women's side, I, I totally agree with you. There, I don't see a real free space on the bingo card. I mean, yeah. I see probably maybe four favorites, you know, to get to the playoffs, and then four teams that 
um, could crash the party uh, in, in the right situation, and they could certainly play spoiler for somebody else. Um, these are these are pretty solid teams, and it it shows um, there's a, there's starting to get some depth in the women's game, which is something that I think was sort of lacking the last few years. Uh, over on the men's side, I just think we see, we're seeing some new faces in this event, which is pretty exciting. And you know, a guy like Steve Berklid, um, who uh, has sort of just sort of exploded onto the scene this year um, after some some years of trying in different ways. Uh, I think that's pretty exciting. You, you get, returning is uh, Jed Brundage and Scott Dunham. I mean, th- those are some teams that so, can certainly make some noise. But I mean, you've got you know, obviously you've got Schuster and uh, Persinger, um, who and, and Todd Burr, who were probably going to be the favorites going into this event. Um, but you've got some guys like, you know, like, and I'm going to, I'm going to mention him, uh, Brandon Corbett, who, yep. uh, in that challenge round ran six games in a row with three players to, to come up a, a shot short and then winds up with the last spot. Yep. And, and, uh, after, uh, uh, oh man, I'm losing the name now. Still para, uh, gets to junior worlds. It opens up a spot for Corbett. Yeah, and Senate, you know, uh, junior team, they they qualify through the challenge round. They don't even need to use the junior nationals, uh, the results of that, to get into the field. And then, you know, our guest uh, coming up in the next segment – Team Strauss, that's probably the one, uh, you know, the one team that a lot of people aren't that familiar with. They're the one local team on the men's side. And I say local, and Sam is really the local one. And Andrew McDonald's got a connection to the area. He goes to Michigan State. You know, but, uh, you know, Sam Strauss, an 18-year-old skip who was throwing second for that team, which was Team McDonald, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, as they were playing in the Junior Nationals, and then they flip an hour before, um, you know, basically their first game at uh, Junior Nationals, and now Sam is skipping that team. Incidentally, he's also skipping an 18-and-under team uh, at Nationals coming up in March. That's going to be in Chaska. So how about Sam Strauss, who's our guest in the next segment? Again, he's skipping his team at Nationals coming up in Kalamazoo. He obviously skipped that team, just started an hour before U.S. Juniors in Two Harbors just, what, a week ago. And then he's got his under-18 team that he's going to be skipping in Chaska at Nationals in March. Look, that's a young, you know, an up-and-coming team that not a lot of people know about. He applied for the program and, and unfortunately didn't get in. But, you know, again, a lot of the names you reeled off on, on the men's side. Steve Berkeley's had a really good year. Nick Conley's throwing lead stones for him. We saw him at Nationals skipping that junior team last year. You know, Brundage made it through to uh, the playoffs. Last, I mean, Scotty Dunham, uh, you know, Scott Dunham and Cody Clouser and Andrew Dunham, you know, they're all family. Andy, they're, Andy, 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 Andy. Sorry, I, I, mean, I have to not, keep saying that. Not Andrew. I mean, I meant Andy. <laughs> I, I'm seeing it written down as Andrew, but he, everybody knows him as Andy. Um, yeah, well, he's, they say his name 7,000 times a game, so yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Andy, but you know <laughs> Scott. Scotty is a Scotty is a skip that you know he sets himself up, and I remember last year's nationals particularly. He set himself up with some really good ends and just simply missed like final stones at the end of an end that That's right. you know could be yep. two or three. He makes several of those. We're having a different conversation about them. So, I mean, yeah, the high-performance teams and Team Ruinen and, uh, you know, Fenner and, and Schuster, they're going to be the favorites. But, man, there's going to be some other teams that are going to have a whole lot to say about it. Go back to the women's side real quick. You mentioned kind of the, uh, <clears throat> you know, say, a, uh, you know, a, a top four and a bottom four, maybe so to speak. You know, you have Christensen, Sinclair, and Roth. I think probably that other team that you were referring to is uh, Stephanie Seneker's team, who's had a really good season 
out on tour. They are the local favorite, if you will, um, you know, hometown favorite, if you will, uh, on the women's side. Uh, they're pretty much their entire team outside of Rebecca Andrew is from the state of Michigan. So, um, you know, but even when you get down to that, uh, the other four, I mean, Duberstein, I mean, Podal, I mean, Kim Rhymes had success yep. before. I mean, Team Traxler, they're they're the last ones that get into the field. Emily Quello, Ariel Traxler, Susan Dutt, and Rebecca Rogers, and then Sydney Mullaney from uh, you know the Boston area. I, they're just, you know, like you said, I think you put it in a good way. There's just not that free space on the bingo card, and I don't feel like there's a free space on either side, men or women. Yeah, I, I certainly hope that's the case. It'll make for a really good webcast if that's the case. Uh, we try to get every team on the feature game at least once. Um, and so if you have a favorite team of these, uh, you know, check out the schedule when it comes out, probably a little bit, little bit later this week or early next week, I would suspect. Um, we'll have to see uh, when that comes out. But you'll get the chance to see your team in action uh, right from Nationals. Yeah, and you'll get – and that is a good point is when we have uh, those web stream games and when you have the quality of field – you know, you're you're we're gonna, you're going to get good games. You're going to get a solid slate of games from start to finish. You know, instead of just having one, uh, you know, is say in baseball run ruled. You know, because we don't like those, and that's when we have to <laughs> right. go to different sheets. And we have to switch our equipment and everything. But that's okay. That's what we do at TSN. But Joe, let's uh, let's we got more to do. Uh, we got more to do yeah. in the final segment, the Gold Wrench Classic, which you can watch on TSN uh, starting now. Uh, it is underway. Uh, we got to get Joe's. Uh, how he's going to survive, what his food of choice is going to be in Kalamazoo, because I looked up some of the local places around the Wings Event Center. I've got some money on what Joe's going to use as his his survival food. We're going to talk about that. Uh, A little bit of Super Bowl, uh, what the schedule is like coming up. The Curling World Cup third leg is getting underway in Sweden next week. We've got more to do, but in the next segment, Sam Strauss, the 18-year-old skip from Midland, Michigan and the Midland Curling Club. I've got my interview with him, and then Joe's got the segment You Can't Refuse with James Hansvall, the St. Croix Curling Club, immediately after that, and then we're back to wrap it up. Stay tuned. A lot more ahead here on the Extra Extra Podcast. All right, episode 15, time for our featured guest interview this week. And excited to talk with Skip Sam Strauss from Midland, Michigan. Why are we talking with Sam today? Well, Sam's had a busy couple weeks, and he's got a couple more busy ones ahead uh, here next month and certainly in the month of March as it's now championship season is upon us with USA Curling. It is on the precipice as we are about to embark on our trip to Kalamazoo, Michigan for the 2019 USA Curling Nationals and 18-year-old junior skip Sam Strauss. He will be embarking as well, except his home is only about two and a half hours. And uh, Sam, welcome in as you're going to have your first trip to Nationals. But uh, from us here at the 12th End Sports Network, we'll be there on the ground, obviously web streaming and webcasting the entire USA Curling Nationals. Uh, Welcome in for the first time here. Thank you. So, Sam, let's get into it. Uh, you guys uh, won a bronze medal at the at the U.S. Junior Championship just a couple weeks ago uh, to really qualify and, and find one of the final spots into, uh, you know, the USA Curling Nationals coming up in Kalamazoo. You know, just kind of take us through uh, winning the – or, excuse me, winning the bronze medal uh, at the U.S. Juniors because something your dad, who is your coach, had mentioned to me – you switched from what throwing second rocks, rocks to skipping the team just an hour before the start. Yeah, so that was that was kind of crazy. So it was 
think it was like the Friday before and our flight was pretty early Saturday morning uh-huh. and it was like Friday night and I had just gotten home from, we, we had, we had a short practice at the club on Friday uh-huh. and then on uh, Friday night he was uh-huh. talking, I mean, he was like, uh, we had, didn't have the greatest season, like in at the junior slams in Canada and such. And uh, Andrew McDonald had been skipping and we just didn't have the greatest season. And we were kind of talking about it and he, just brought it up. He's like, would you ever kind of be interested in skipping? And Cause I'd been talking to Andrew and uh-huh. he'd been thinking about maybe making that change. And I was like, I mean, I'm skipping a, I will, I never really like consider myself a skip of any kind, but uh-huh. I mean, I, I've been skipping a U18 team. I've been having moderate success. So I was like, yeah, I mean, if we think that's what's best for the team, then mm-hmm. absolutely I'd try it. And then, uh, so we got to the, uh, we got to, Two harbors on Saturday. We didn't really talk about it that much. Then on Sunday, our practice came along, and uh, I was talking with Andrew before, and he's like, uh-huh. "Hey, I think I think this would be best if you if you skip the team. I think I'm still confident, but I, I think it'd be better if you were throwing last rocks." And so we had a few sort of discussions after that, and then we kind of told the team and said, "Look, we're going to try this this week, and we think it'll be pretty good." So it was like an hour before practice that we talked about it. In fact, we were. <laughs> We we're about to go tape brooms, and we we're like, "Wait, let's go talk about this first. <laughs> we almost almost taped in the wrong color. <laughs> then, uh, I mean, we were going in thinking we thought we were going to be probably third, fourth, somewhere in that range, uh-huh. wise. So we thought we were kind of right on the edge of playoffs in a medal, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, and it was kind of funny because the first two day, first two days we had a real bit of a scare. We played, uh, I don't remember exactly, but we played two of the teams that we were pretty confident we could beat and we t- both games were extra ends. Yeah. And, uh, the, the first game we had hammer in the extra and we had to, we had to like draw a pin or I think it was like half the button or something like that. Yeah. And I just remember skating down like, all right, so this is, this is what it's going to be. <laughs> I definitely, I mean, I got it close and they're thankful to have two, two really great sweepers. So they got it in there and, Something similar, pretty similar happened in the second game, and I just remember at the end of the second or at the end of the first game going like, "Ooh, that was a little rough," but you know we're two wins later, so let's just yeah. focus on the week ahead. Wow! And then next, that next morning we had uh, we were playing Senate and they're Chase Senate's rank, and they're yep. they had a fantastic. We had seen them a lot actually in Canada. They just had a fantastic season. They were making playoffs almost every time. I mean, bunch of finals, and I think won two or three of them. So they had a really successful season and uh, we, I mean, we thought we could play with them, but yep. I don't think the the expectation wasn't like to win handily. I mean, we knew we could kind of right. be in the game, but I think if you ask most people who are watching the game, who was going to win, they would probably say Senate. And so yeah. that morning we just kind of we were like, Hey, let's just let's take it one end at a time keep it close, see what happens. And yep. we pretty much had one of the games of our lives and, was able to put it away pretty easily, so that was yeah. that was a really good, really good game for us. Right, because you guys went six and one around Robin, and the only defeat you taste is to Stopera, who went mm-hmm. you know, undefeated. And I mean, that's it, to make that change just hours before taking the ice at, at juniors. I mean, it, it, it's a pretty gutsy move, number one, and then number two to to make it work. That's another story entirely, and you guys certainly made it work. And you uh, alluded to something or just mentioned something. You know, while you're going to be skipping this team at, at U.S. Nationals, 
you're also going to be skipping an under-18 team at the U18 Nationals coming up in Chaska in March. Now, your sister, uh, you got a twin sister who's uh, you know going to be uh, curling on a team there at under-18 Nats as well. But, man, talk about uh, you know doing a lot of double duty at under-21 Nationals. you got uh, U.S. Nationals obviously coming up in Kalamazoo, which is just not too far from your home in Midland, Michigan. But then uh, the chance to do under-18 Nationals. And as your dad mentioned to me, that perfect birthday uh, of uh, July the 12th, 2000, that, that affords you just a perfect cutoff line to be able to go and kind of do it all. Yeah, no, that, that helps out a lot, the whole, the whole June 30th cutoff and having a July 12th birthday. I don't know a yeah. lot of people were much of a better one, but yeah, no, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy for me, like skipping three national events and like, I don't know, like, even if you're still asking, what do you play? Like, I probably, I'm not even sure if I would say skip, like I never really considered myself a skip. I've always been kind of a, a second or th- spin in the second or third position, but I think I definitely kind of like the the new role. It's it's different, but it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your team and uh, help us get to know everybody. Because obviously, we're going to see you. We'll have you on the web stream. Uh, you know, at nationals, you got uh, obviously yourself, your vice skip JP Munich, uh, Andrew McDonald, who you mentioned, who you played with a good bit before, and then uh, Ryan Elwing, and then your fifth, uh, Ethan Sampson. You guys all live in really different or from different parts <laughs> of the country. You know, I, I know Team Stopera, They they kind of deal with that challenge as well. But you know, how do you guys make it work? Your dad just mentions it, it really just seems to kind of work for you guys you know what is the key to to making it work with everybody kind of from you know all over well i think the the key there i mean when i mean when i first started curling uh andrew was from my club in midland and uh-huh. shortly thereafter uh he moved to uh hudson ohio kind of near akron cleveland area uh-huh. and so we were kind of like uh, i don't know is this gonna work and then once we started that we realized that basically i mean curling Yes, you have a, it's a, it is, I mean, yes, it's a team sport, but there's a lot of individual aspects that you can work on that you don't really need to have a team present for. And so we have, I mean, basically what we just do is have our own individual practices. And yep. I think the difference for us is that we're all really good friends off the ice. Yeah, I've known Andrew for years and years. And I've never really not played on a team with him. So this, yeah. this upcoming year, team is actually going to be kind of weird for me. Right, and right. Then, uh, JP, I've known him from camps and just around. I mean, there's not a ton of there's not a ton of junior curlers in the in the U.S. at a competitive level. So right, we got to know each other and we're like, hey, we really should play together. I mean, we have a lot of fun together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan was the new addition this year. We again, kind of the same story. We've just been uh, been playing against him a lot. We've always been pretty good friends. And he uh, he approached us at the end of the season. He's like, hey, you guys looking for a player? And we're like, yeah, we are. And so looked at a few people but I think we settled on Ryan just because he's a really nice guy and a fantastic curler yeah as we continue with Sam Strauss 18 year old skip of Team Strauss from Midland Michigan a senior at HH Dow High School there from the Midland Curling Club about two and a half hours from Kalamazoo as you guys are going to be the local flavor uh Sam and then Team Seneca obviously has got a strong Michigan flavor as well so on the men's and women's side certainly going to have a uh, hometown favorite uh, on, on both uh, the men's and women's side of things you know you talked about it. Uh, you know, you curled a good bit. Uh, you won the Midland Open Bondspiel back uh, what back in October. But you spent a lot of time uh, on the Ontario uh, Junior Curling Tour. 
you know, really, when you, when you talk about getting you know, the best competition, getting your feet wet, you're doing more than just getting your feet wet. You're diving headfirst into you know, some of the best cur- junior curling waters that you can find, and I know that certainly has played a big role in preparing you. Well, I think that's been the difference maker for our team, especially on the junior tour. I mean, last year was kind of our first, I should say, full, full season playing that kind of schedule. I mean, the previous season really went to uh, – the, the KW Fall Classic, uh-huh. and that was always our like one big event of the year. And like we, being a young team, we usually usually did not go very well for us. <laughs> we always had, had a really fun time because there were these really competitive teams there. And then uh, last year in the summer, we kind of realized or, like this is this is the schedule that we really should be playing if we want to be competitive at a national and inter- international level. And so. I quickly realized you you registered for this stuff really early. It was like the middle of summer. We had our schedule almost set. So, and then this year we did probably uh, five or six of the junior stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like we go to, I went to like, at junior nationals. Yes, it was very competitive, but uh-huh. probably the top four or five teams. I mean, there's always going to be the top two or three teams that are going to be pretty weak at even at junior nationals, but like in Canada at these junior slams, there's pretty much no weak teams, right? Like every game is going to be a battle. I think that that kind of just prepared us playing, playing just the toughest teams is basically just what you need to do to be, to be successful. And, uh, we, I mean, we didn't have a ton of success, but like we got a ton of experience from that. Yeah. Well, when you got to, uh, to uh, the 2019 USA Curling Nationals coming up, obviously getting to play from home is pretty sp- playing near home is pretty special, especially being your first one. But you know, with all these great teams, nine other you know men's teams are going to be there. You know, what are you looking forward to? I mean, is there a team you're most looking forward to playing? You're obviously, going to get to play everybody in round robin play. But you know, what's this going to be like? What are you most looking forward to in this experience? Well, I think for us being, you know, the junior team in the field, I mean, there's one other junior team saying it's also there, but uh-huh. uh, I think it's just going to be just learning as much as we can. I mean, we're going to take it game by game, see what we can do. Uh, I think I think we're all pretty jacked to play John Schuster. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be rough for us, but I mean, just to play against him is going to be super cool. We're going to learn as much as we can. Yeah. I think also uh, – I think I think I think Sin and I think us are all are kind of looking forward to that rematch too. Yeah. Well, give us a little taste of what it's like. Uh, you, uh, your dad Scott is your coach, and I know he, I uh, believe, he coaches what your sister's team as well. What's What's it like having dad coach your team? You know, I I would say it's a little weird, but I've just never had it any other way for uh, sure for curling at least. I mean, uh-huh. it's really nice because like. I can, I'm just with them all the time. So I can pretty much talk about curling whenever we want. So uh-huh. that's, that's really nice. And, you know, you think we might butt heads sometimes, but not re- when it comes to curling, we're, I don't want to say always in agreement, but when he's like telling me something, I usually, usually agree on that. So it's really, really nice in that aspect. It's, it's just nice being really, really close to him and not like being reserved about anything yeah yeah that is really awesome and so much of curling is is in the family i mean you know so many families dads brothers sisters just such a mm-hmm. you know across the country it's just such a a family atmosphere in sport you know but away from the ice a uh, couple last quick questions before we let you go sam you know i, I know you run cross country captain of your uh, you know of your track team what your dad told me you play five or different uh, five or six different types of saxophones in, in your band <laughs> i think one of the coolest things you do 
is you're a student hot air balloon pilot because, again, something that runs in the family, your dad who's been flying balloons for, what, 20-plus years, and so you've kind of gotten a, a, a little taste of that as well as you're learning to fly the hot air balloon. That is a pretty, pretty awesome uh, you know, skill there that not many people have. Yeah, no, that's always fun. Like, we always say, my dad kind of does the weird stuff because he's a uh, he curls and he's hot air balloon pilot. So, <laughs> curling usually occupies the whole winter, and then summertime is ballooning festival season. So, in the summer, I kind of do that with him. I haven't really gotten around to get my uh, my actual license being really busy with curling, even into the spring and almost summer months sometimes. But definitely still look forward to flying with him a lot. It's it's a real fun time, and you know, it's different. It's it's not something a lot of people can do, and it's not something a ton of people can say that you even had a ride in. So it's, I think it's a fun time. Yeah, that is really awesome, Sam. Well, look, we'll uh, let you go as uh, you know, you probably have some homework to do, uh, <laughs> especially with uh, Curling Nationals coming to a city very close to you as you are, again, from Midland, Michigan, what, two and a half hours from Kalamazoo is what mm-hmm. it looks like. Again, a senior at H.H. Dow High School and from the proud proud uh, member of the Midland Curling Club uh, from all of us here at the 12 Men Sports Network, Sam. Uh, certainly good luck from us, and you know, more than anything, can't wait to meet you and, and watch you guys play in person here in just a couple short weeks. Thank you. Once again, that's Sam Strauss, 18-year-old skip of Team Strauss. Again, his team is uh, obviously himself, J.P. Munich, Andrew McDonald, and Ryan Elwing, as well as their fifth, Ethan Sampson, as that is Team Strauss, one of the two junior boys teams in the field, along with Chase Sennett. I shouldn't say boys. I should say the men's field, but uh, Team Sennett and Team Strauss will be representing uh, the junior ranks there as, as two of the ten teams competing on the men's side at the upcoming U.S. Nationals in Kalamazoo. So really thank Sam for his time. Can't wait to meet them. Uh, I'm sure we will have him, uh, maybe his dad, some team members on uh, during one of the fifth in break interviews uh, from Nationals there in the booth. Really looking forward to meeting them and watching them play. Certainly going to be a, a special time and a special week for that uh, the, the Strauss family, you know, being from so close to, uh, to Kalamazoo, playing in that first Nationals in his home state. So once again, thanks to Sam Strauss for joining us. When we come back, the segment you can't refuse with the godfather himself, Joe Calabrese. Don't go anywhere. And then Joe and I'll be back to wrap it up right here on episode 15 of the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. I'm going to make him an offer again with you. Welcome to the segment you can't refuse. It's a segment where we highlight curling clubs from across the U.S. It's the godfather joe calabrese and joining me today is james hansval of the st croix curling club in minnesota welcome james how you doing well thank you joe i'm doing great well this might be the uh, curling club that has the briefest history of any club that we've uh, highlighted so far on the podcast this uh club kicked off just this past november what made this group decide that it was a good idea to start a curling club on the east side of uh, the twin cities well, we uh, all five of us on the board are lifetime curlers and have curled for decades at St. Paul, the St. Paul Curling Club. And it's a wonderful club. We love it there. But you really can't get in there with a new team. So there's, we think there's a vast unmet potential in the East Metro where we all live. And so for several years, we've been thinking of starting a club. Last summer, we finally were able to f- procure a ice arena in the east metro in st mary's point right along the st croix river on the very eastern part of the twin city metro area 
So that's how it got started. And you guys curl about, you're curling one day a week. Well, very limited at this point. Uh, it's an active hockey skating arena. So they gave us the rink basically from about three to eight on Sunday. So we have a, a four and six league. We did. We uh, we did. That was our first league. We called it the fall league from November until mid-January. And we just now started on this past Sunday, a three-draw league, two, four, and six on Sundays. Very limited, but hugely successful so far. So you've already expanded from two draws to three. How big do you think this club can grow? Well, um, it's very, very well-used facility later in the day, every day. But we'll end now for this season in, in late March with perhaps a spring bond spiel. We haven't decided for sure. Next fall, conceivably a couple day leagues. There's, as we all know, a, a lot of demand for uh, for seniors who wish to curl, who have time to curl during the day. So that's kind of unlimited for us next year. So, Jim, informing your club, you did something to raise money that I haven't really heard before, but I'm guessing is used quite a bit. It's the concept of limited charter memberships. Talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. Well, that was uh, something we thought of this summer as a way to not have to try to arrange borrowing money. And so we thought, well, let's try to raise $1,000 per person, certainly board members and other friends and active curlers. So we did raise 13000 just right out of the chute, which is the total of what we have. And that was all we needed to get the rocks and to get going initially. Our goal was it is to raise 25000 from that type of fundraising and, and where did you get um, the rocks from? Well, there's a company in Langdon, North Dakota, not yep. far from where I'm from, uh, Dakota Curling Supply. And they. Uh, we have five sheets of ice. The total, I think, was around $30,000. But we're renting for 5000 per month for a couple couple years, and then we have an option to buy. Ah, very so good. pretty easy to get it in that regard. So there was 5000 there, and... I think maybe six grand of other other things we needed to get the ice up and running. So I think it was around eleven or twelve thousand to start with. Oh, very good. We're talking with James Hansvall. He's the treasurer of the St. Croix Curling Club in Minnesota. Uh, back uh, on November fifth, you had your opening ceremony. It looked like a lot of fun. Tell me a little bit about that ceremony and what it entailed. Well, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had uh, got the bagpiper and uh, the typical beginning song. Uh, piped everybody out on the ice and this was after we had had a couple learn to curls the previous week so that folks were a little bit up to speed and we were ready for the first league that night and um, so invited the local press had a videographer there a friend of mine and he and I were able to make a five-minute video out of that event so we had uh, a couple speeches from our board members and the bagpiper and little demonstration and first rock throwing and then they were off to their league uh, that night so it was a great kickoff that sounds that sounds pretty great uh and from what i noticed about something i noticed about your facebook page is that you seem to embrace technology pretty well uh you've you have a way to enter scores using a smartphone and to display in your club uh tell me a little bit about that yes very very cool um one of our board members his son is uh uh, I believe an electrical engineer and uh, part of a consulting company, and they made this a pilot program, uh, designed the software and programming 
for it, uh, able to get the 50-inch uh, TV screens as uh, donated to us uh, from a electronics company. And so the way it works, we have a like a 50-inch TV in, on both sides of the arena, and then I think 40-inch TVs on upstairs and downstairs of the hockey arena where, where we're playing. And um, using the QRC codes, then a player can, any, any player with a smartphone can enter the scores. So very cool, uh, perfectly uh, fitting with a arena type curling with a, you know, big spaces and things of that nature. So it's, it could be a, an idea whose, you know, time has come for other uses, especially curling. So yeah, very, very fun. That seems pretty innovative, especially when you're trying to share time with a hockey arena where, you know, a lot of other clubs are they're wheeling in boards, uh, to, you know, scoreboards from off ice to, to use for the, the draw, and then they have to wheel them back to some storage area. If you're just using um, existing uh, televisions, it uh, seems like a much better use of your time uh, than to wheel that kind of stuff out. That's, that's pretty great. Sounds like you guys are off to a really great start, you know, uh, with this club. What kinds of challenges have you run into as you've, you know, begun this endeavor? Well, with arena curling, uh, I would say the biggest challenge has been the ice to to get it uh, where it's reasonably similar to what you have in a dedicated club. Uh, it's taken us perhaps 10 weeks or so in working with the, the ice team there at the arena where it's a different routine getting it ready for hockey and skating. But we're finally getting getting close to uh, quote unquote decent ice. Uh, of course, the beginners don't really seem to mind no matter what. But so I, I would say that was a big challenge. And then just setting up the systems of registering folks, you know, in a small space in a short period of time, setting up the leagues, uh, you know, a learning curve. But we have a, a board of five who are just tremendous, all skilled and capable people all retired except myself so they have enough time but i could see if you weren't you know weren't dedicated things could get pretty you know too casual and and too sloppy and it might be a turnoff but we're really focused on a good experience for the curlers so they want to come back and we're pleased that the first group of two leagues and we were full that first session uh with many many to spare we had perhaps 20 extras and then most of them came back winter, and, and we have our third draw almost full. We're still looking for a couple. It's just you have to be business savvy, but it's it's not rocket science, but it, it takes some effort to make this happen. Sure. And so if you're in the Twin Cities area and you're looking to join your leagues, and you said you have a couple spots open, how can people find you? Well, Facebook is, is a big thing nowadays, of course. Uh, we've tried to do things like the video I mentioned earlier, get get our members to share their things like the video and other photos. Um, the website, and we've, which is vital as well, of course. And then we've reached out to all the local clubs uh, to uh, let their members know about us. And then something kind of exciting, my local town here, Stillwater, Minnesota, last weekend put on an outdoor curling uh event which was a huge success and we were sponsors for it uh, so we you know saw the need to be involved in anything curling in our extended area here you know to promote ourselves plus we've had re ongoing newspaper advertising and oh, all wow. those things together 
have helped. Well, that's great. And I, I uh, just want to say, you know, it, it's pretty terrific to have a new club out in that area. I know you, there's such a demand in that St. Paul Curling Club and all the clubs around it. It's nice to know that there's, there's more ice opening up out that way. Thank you so much, Jim. It's Jim Hansvall. He's from the St. Croix Curling Club. Thanks for joining us on the Extra Extra N today. If you'd like to have your club featured on the podcast, contact me like Jim did at joe at tesn.us. So until next time, don't forget to listen to the podcast or you'll be sleeping with the fishes. Here we go, moving right along. Price Atkinson and the Godfather, Joe Calabrese. We are back for the final segment. Appreciate uh, Sam Strauss. Great interview. Really enjoyed him. Again, the 18-year-old skip for Team Strauss as they will be the youngest entrant into uh, the U.S. Nationals. Coming up in Kalamazoo, really a cool thing to be able to curl in your first Nationals right there just only oh, a little over two hours away from your hometown of Midland, Michigan. So that's going to be a lot of fun uh, to meet and see them. Also, James Hansvall with the St. Croix Curling Club. Joe, nice job in that last segment the segment you can't refuse. And if you want to be a part of that segment, Joe, let everybody know that they can bring their curling club to the air, to the podcast, just by connecting with you and letting us know. Yeah, all you got to do is email me at joe at tesn.us. That's exactly what James did. And uh, that can get you on a segment uh, in a future uh, podcast. Yeah, and certainly flag us down. You know, flag us down at Nationals because that's another great time to connect with us. So, yeah, we're in the booth. Yeah, we're working. But, you know, there's times between draws. And, you know, I'm a little bit more mobile than anybody else, certainly than B.A. and uh, Joe stuck up in the booth. I- I'm moving around. Catch me, catch Joe, catch any of us when you see us and you got some free time. Let us know if you want to get your club on. We'd love to have you on, love to feature uh, you know, what your club is all about, some neat things you're doing, some of the history, uh, what cl- makes your club tick uh, because you know we're all one big curling family here in the United States, and so what maybe works for one club could work for another in another part of the country, Joe. But uh, you know, as we let everybody know every week, you know, appreciate all our listeners downloading and subscribing, which you can download and subscribe on the Apple Podcasts, iTunes app. Uh, all you got to do is search the extra, extra end uh, right there on your smartphone, your Apple Podcast app. Uh, if you're an Android user, Google Play, Stitcher, two really good uh, free download apps that you can listen to podcasts of any kind. Uh, and then certainly tesn.us forward slash podcast your home for the extra extra end uh, as we bring it to you all season long and we'll do so through the spring and one quick programming note joe real quick i will be out next week we will likely have a podcast next week not guaranteed but it is uh likely that you will have one teed up we will keep you posted uh, on those yeah, plans with yeah, what's we're going gonna, on sorry we're gonna you know we can you can advertise here for a, co- a temporary co-host for next week also if you uh, email me uh, at tesn.us joe at tesn.us uh, i'll take a temporary co-host for next week yeah i'm gonna be uh, down visiting with mickey minnie goofy and donald so uh joe is gonna be flying solo so if you'd like to hang with joe next week drop him a line all right Absolutely. joe a uh, couple things uh to touch on uh certainly the curling world cup in sweden that third leg is coming up next week as team christensen team fenner uh, and then the Hamiltons, they will be competing over in Jonkaping, 
Sweden, that third leg. Uh, you know, it's it's that that uh, curling World Cup been a little bit of a mystery. It wasn't a mystery when Schuster and everybody and those guys won it in Omaha, uh, but this third leg goes to Sweden before it, it concludes back over in China with that fourth leg in May. Uh, but really a great opportunity for Team Christensen and Team Fenner, you know, the younger teams on both the men's and women's side of the high-performance program uh, to wear the stars and stripes and be Team USA for a week against uh, just what's fantastic competition. You say fantastic. Well, look, Corey Jopkin and Fenner, those guys, their first game on the men's side, it's going to be against hometown Nicholas Adine or at least home country Nicholas Adine and crew. Yeah, you know, I don't look forward to that matchup if I'm, I'm Dropkin, but you know what? Um, the young bucks are ready, I think. I think they're ready to, to take this on, uh, take the responsibility of the stars and stripes on their back. Yep, and uh, just I'm going to go ahead and just dangle this teaser, folks, right now. The young bucks, they are uh, they are going to be taking a uh, another set of uh, young bucks with them. Uh, on this trip, and I'm not gonna—I don't want to spoil any more because uh, Team Christensen's got something uh, cooked up on social media. I believe it's going to drop uh, this weekend, so stay tuned for that because they've got a special hashtag that they're going to be—they're uh, going to be using as companions of the Young Bucks uh, over in Sweden. So it—they cooked it up. It was there. It was something they thought of. I had nothing to do with it. I'm just going to help them implement it. But I think it's a great idea, uh, and it's going to be fun for them. So. Uh, good luck to them. Uh, I know we'll talk a little bit more about that, and you guys will get into that next week. But, Joe, right now going on the Golden Wrench Classic in Phoenix, Arizona right now. And uh, you got a lot of U.S. teams uh, that are competing out there at the Golden Wrench Classic. The, the official name is just way too damn long. I'm sorry, pardon the language, is way too long uh, to get into the entire. We're just going to call it Golden Wrench Classic out in Phoenix, hosted by the Coyotes Curling Club. You got Todd Burr, you got Richie Ruinen uh, that, that are uh, that are competing out there. You got Chris Bond who's playing. Reed Carruthers, probably maybe you talk about maybe the best team in the field. Uh, Reed Carruthers and maybe Jason Gunlinson, uh, the two Canadian teams, both from Manitoba, uh, out there competing uh, in Phoenix. Yeah, and you know we, we had some blast in the past. There, Pete Fenson playing yeah. with Mark Fenner uh, out there, so that you know, that'll be a nice little warm up for Mark. Um, uh, as they get going, Gunlickson is in this field as well. Um, they actually, as we're recording this, they took out Todd Bird ten to one in four ends. So um, there, they came to play. You got Jim Cotter and Steve Laycock uh, playing out of uh, uh, British Columbia. They're in the in the field as well. So this is probably the best field that we have on U.S. soil all season. Um, and and then you throw the circus of Jared Allen and that team in the mix too. And they're there. Um, you know, I mean, I, I and they they played as well. Uh, earlier today and, and they they lost uh nine to two but um you know i i like the idea that they're traveling that they're making some event stops you know the the results will eventually happen but it's probably not going to be for a little while yeah they played uh, jared allen's team they played kirk myers kirk myers who uh who you might that name might uh, sound familiar at least uh for u.s fans i mean he's a really good uh I mean, really enjoyed getting to know Kirk a little bit on the slam uh, circuit, but Kirk won uh, the very first Curling World Cup, Joe. If you remember, he played mixed doubles, wore the uh, Maple Leaf for Team Canada, him and Laura Walker. Uh, they won the mixed doubles in that first event over in China back early. Uh, golly, it seems like forever ago to start the season. But, uh, yeah, really good team that uh, that Jared Allen uh, took on 
you know, from the beginning. And uh, yeah, you mentioned there's, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jim there's a couple Pop- more teams I would want to mention too. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just noticed Steve Berkeley's in this field playing vice for Matthew Pring. Matthew Pring is a guy who I played in, in GNCC uh, men's playdowns, uh, and they took us out in one of the, our games. So um, to get Steve device for him, uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good deal. And then Another guy I played in that, that event is uh, Ed Simia from uh, Connecticut, and uh, they lost their first game uh, tonight. But uh, they're a team that can play. If they get hot, they can play. They they uh, sort of ran the table, so to speak, uh, to get in the playoffs, uh, sort of the way we did um, in the in the men's playdowns in GNCC, and then they took us out in the playoffs. So I have a lot of respect for Ed. Yeah, and you got Daryl Horseman, uh, one of the local entrants, uh, you know, skipping that team from uh, Tempe. Right there as a member of the Coyotes Curling Club, you remember Daryl Horseman. He was coaching, uh, you know, Audi and Porsche and um, that team yep. from Wine Country Curling Club a couple seasons ago when we were at Nationals in Everett, Washington, back what was that, 2017. So, yeah, some uh, good to see some familiar faces. And like you said, I mean, good point, Joe. Uh, might be the best talented field on U.S. soil uh, of any event that we have all season. Yeah, I think so. I really do. All right, uh, let's see, more to go. Um, Look, we told you the schedule, what's coming up. Before we get into touch on a little bit of NFL, just want to give a quick shout-out to Corey Dropkin. His uh, his junior camp, something he said, he, I was talking with him briefly today, something he said he's real passionate about. Uh, he's got a junior camp that uh, is going to be hosted out of the Duluth Curling Club there uh, in Duluth, Minnesota. And believe it or not, when you say juniors, it's not just for, you know, say middle school, high schoolers. It's 10 years old up to 21. Uh, it's going to be held March 16th and 17th there at the Duluth Curling Club. So uh, drop Corey a line, uh, touch base with him, and let him know if you're interested. Uh, the KD Curling Clinic is coming up in March. So something to be on the lookout for, especially if you're in the area or may want to make plans to learn from one of the best, the Corey Dropkin Curling Clinic this March. Also, uh, quick shout, uh, Joe, Chicago Hotel. I, I know you mentioned, or I mentioned it to you a little bit earlier, Got a curling experience on top, and I tweeted them. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me. I tweeted them. I said, that's got to that's be something that I need to experience sometime this winter. They said, come one, come all. We'd love to have you. But uh, it's neat to see some of these restaurants. I hate that we got uh, – I, th- I hate that we got, uh, you know, dissed by the one – what was it in Boston who we tried, yeah. you tried to get them on, and they kind of turned their nose up at us. You know, I'll, we'll just turn their, our nose right back up at them. But, you know, Chicago is now getting in the mix with this. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. The Gwen Hotel, Michigan Avenue, Chicago, um, looks like a lovely rooftop uh, curling experience. I, it sounds like something I'd like to do. I think it sounds like a Valentine's Day type of night. Joe, what are you going to do for Valentine's Day this year? We're going to be at Nationals, but uh, you know, you're going to have Elisa there with us. Or are you going to skip out on the night draw, and we'll have to? I'll have to step in and do a little play-by-play uh, because you're, I know that you can't let that go by. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a really good question, Price. I don't really have an answer yet. <laughs> yeah, and I put you, you on the know. spot, and I know you, you're as, smiling as over as, as soon as Terry gives us the uh, schedule as to who's uh, who's in the booth with me, then I can make a decision as to whether I can sneak out anytime. <laughs> I don't think a, uh, a heart-shaped donut with uh, pink icing from the 7-Eleven will quite do it for Elisa. I'm just going to go out on a limb with that prediction. Uh, you're probably right about that, Price. <laughs> All right, uh, you know, so here's here's what I was curious about. So... I did some looking today. I did some scouting. All right, we're at the wings. Okay. We're at the Wings Event Center in Kalamazoo. We're going to be there okay. for what a week plus uh, for right. the U.S. Nationals. So, you know, 
everybody knows, and you watch the web stream, you've listened to the podcast, you know, that you've never eaten a vegetable in your life, right? So <laughs> that's I'm, the truth. You know, so I've you know I started looking like how is Joe going to survive? Because a lot of times we're in a spot where there's not food around, and you know we usually always have to go in search of, of food because we don't have a hospitality room uh, there at the arena. So we usually have to go either order out or just buy rink food, you know, that's right there in the arena. Which, right. you know, we can get by on, but sometimes you just need a breath of fresh air. You need to go for a walk. Sometimes we'll get in the car and, you know, find the, the nearest Taco Bell. But I was wondering, I said, you know, how is Joe going to survive this week in Kalamazoo with where we're at? But then I did a little bit of uh, scouting and recon, and I found, and I don't know if either of these, I think a McDonald's, you could survive on McDonald's. Subway, I don't think you probably ever had a Subway sandwich in your life, right? I have, but I, I I definitely don't prefer them. Okay, yeah. So Subway, no good. Trash right. to you, right? No. Yeah, yeah. that's nothing. I, I have no interest in that. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. When it comes right. to vegetables or any... I have a place. I've, I've done a little research myself now, but we'll see if we're on the same page. Go well, ahead. All right, So, because you, you, you had told me that, like, you... Is it you or B? I think both said you. I think you said you don't like sandwiches, right? No sandwiches. Yeah, at I'm all. not a. I'm not a sandwich guy. Okay, I'm a, right. I'm a hot meal kind of person. Okay, so meat and potatoes. That's about it. And potatoes does not qualify as a vegetable. But the only thing I see is McDonald's and Wendy's. I don't know if even Wendy's strikes a chord with you. But between the two, will you be able to survive on a Wendy's or a McDonald's? I could. I'd uh, if I had to. It'd probably be Wendy's. But I found a Wendy's place. over McDonald's. Are you yeah, kidding yeah. me? I think so. You know what? I really like. I really enjoy a Wendy's French fry and a frosty and a chocolate frosty. That's uh, that that'll get me by on a lot of lot of days where uh, there's not a long turnaround time between games. Well, at least they will walk away. But you totally floored me. I did not think in a million years you would go with a Wendy's over a McDonald's. No chance. Right, but I found a place, Price. Okay. So just in case. All right. So if, if that doesn't work out, I'm on TripAdvisor.com, and I, I was looking at the reviews of restaurants near the Wing Center. This okay. place is 1.8 miles away. Okay. So let's... within like a five-minute drive, that's perfect for us, right? Okay. And it's uh, it's called the Root Beer Stand. And basically all it sells is like hot dogs and hamburgers and, and root beers, and, and it's like a car hop kind of situation. So like they bring the food out to your car, so I, we don't have to leave the car. All right. So and this that, that's – Perfect. All right, we need to do a little diners, drive-ins, and dives kind of looking. That might not. That might be a little too exotic for you if we if we do something <laughs> like that. But you know, I was looking at just stuff that's walkable because I'm looking oh, to well. see where we can just walk. I don't I mean because a lot of times nobody ever wants to get in a car. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I thought the Speedway gas station that's uh, not too far away, maybe a half mile walk where you can get hot dogs there. But the two places that I might butter my bread, literally, the Sprinkle Road tap house that go okay. online and look at that place that place is across the street they had some french fries and a reuben sandwich i didn't look at the menu i just was on google looking clicked on the place they had a picture of the food i wanted to go and i sent it to jerry gertz and i said i'm eating that meal once while we're there the other place yeah. and i know you got no interest in halpern steak and seafood i mean none like you've never had a what? bite of seafood you've never eaten what? seafood in your life right i i I, I'm a lobster and uh, shrimp kind of guy. All right. I can, I can go that direction All right. if I have to. I, 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 I'm, here I am dissing your food choices. I know you didn't but do But I'm looking at this but... tap house, and that looks excellent, too. Like, it I, lo- could, I could go for that. 
That looks very good, and especially being right across the street, Joe. That, I think, might be our jam. I'm telling you. I think that might be a good one for one of those three-draw days where we have a little more time between games. Like I, I think that that would work really well. Yeah, Sunday is just going to be survival of the fittest, where it's four draws and we just you hang on, right? So Right, exactly. All right, I just had to go ahead and just scope out and just see how you're going to survive in terms of the food I appreciate selection. it. Well, I'm I, looking- you know what? One thing I will bring with me, I'm sure, um, is uh, in the Western New York area. There's sort of like a wine country, and so they they have, um, you know, grapes are like a big thing here. So, yep. in this particular place, they have make grape gummies in this place in Naples, New York, and we have figured out a, a source of those locally. And so I get bags full of these grape gummies, and they are excellent. Wow. And so for a snack, that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm going for for a snack. So no beef jerky. You're going with the. uh, Oh, I'm. I'm not a beef jerky guy, no. All right. Look, you're you're so exotic. I just never know. I know. Really. All right. Let's uh, finish this thing up, Joe. Real quick. uh, Patriots Rams. Could there? I don't want to say a worse Super Bowl matchup. I I can. I can. (laughs) Let me just say this. There is one team that deserves to be there, and there is one that doesn't. And I will let you go and start guessing. All right. Well, I mean, you're going to tell me that the Patriots deserve to be there. I know that. And and based on what happened in that, that New Orleans game, I know that that the Rams do not belong there. Correct. Um, I, I guess, like, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, that I'm going to root for the Patriots. And it's probably, the, like, the only time in my life I've ever rooted for the Patriots because I'm actually kind of hoping that this would prompt a Brady retirement and a Belichick retirement. And if that were to happen, then the Bills would have a much better chance of making the playoffs. You mean you don't want to jump on with the legions and thousands and millions of L.A. Rams died in the wool fans that are just who are thirsting for their first Super Bowl as a member of the L.A. community? You're not going <laughs> to join that bandwagon? Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> if they won, but I, I like I said, I, I have to root for whatever makes Brady decide that his career is over. Dude, how good was that guy? I mean, how good was he? I mean, I look, I'm not going to get into the rules. We all know that the NFL overtime rules should be changed. It is a total joke, but, you know, you got the game on the line at the end. Then you put the game on the line again in overtime. <laughs> He's the best to ever play the game. And that's, I mean, there's just no debate at this point about it. You know. When when Kansas City, you know, scored and there was time left on the clock, you just know that Brady's going to come down. He's done it to the Bills so many times that there's just no doubt in your mind that it's going to happen. And so um, yeah, the, the outcome was not too surprising to me, unfortunately. But I, I, I see where everybody feels that Brady is so great. Um, I, I'll just leave it at that. Get real. If you're going to say Montana or Tarkington, dude, you're – you're out of your mind. But, all right, I'll give you my pick since I'm out next week. I, don't I, think, that... I think Vinatieri is really good. Let me put it that way. All right, all right. I, th- to me, there's no there's no debate. The Patriots are going to win it. Joe, do you want to save your pick for next week, or who are you going to go with? Uh, I, I'll go with the Patriots. I, I Begrudgingly, I'll go with the Patriots because I just think that they'll have a, a better game plan. All right, that's a clean sweep, and that's a sweep. We're going to sweep it on out of here, Joe. Literally, we're sweeping out the door. Episode 15 is in the books. Again, thanks to Sam Strauss. Thanks to James Hansball from the St. Croix Curling Club in this segment, You Can't Refuse, Joe. Another good episode. Covered a lot of ground. You will be back to cover everything next week, and then I will be back the following week as we will uh, really start putting the the grease down and really greasing the skids to get ready for Kalamazoo. And I have to do this podcast a little bit earlier that week because you guys are going to be hitting the road, Joe, so we'll get that done. 
But for Joe Calabrese, Godfather himself, I'm Bryce Atkinson. Until next time, we'll see you next week here on the Extraction Podcast with the Wealth Bend Sports Network. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra End Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra End Podcast. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lane is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action! Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here! Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness! Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com voiceiq to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.